It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Live from Family Sports Center today as the Avs just wrapped up practice. We'll be doing an interview with Alex Newhook a little bit later in the show, so stay tuned for that. But the big news of the day, lots more cuts coming through. None of those all that surprising. Uh, a little bit more news on Alex Galchenyuk as well Yeah, uh, after all of our speculation last night. So let's uh, – a uh, great interview with Alex Newhook. I'm – Really looking forward to people hearing that. Uh, I think yeah, we'll plug it in at the end. Yep. Uh, he was great. Yeah, he's awesome. Really uh, looking forward to that. Super, super excited for you guys to hear all that. Uh, and look, that's the show today might be a good bit about Alex Newhook, given mm-hmm. training camp is kind of starting to get cut down now. You're starting to see maybe not the full Avalanche roster, but there's really only a couple of spots up for grabs at this point. And in your guys' opinion, has anyone had a better camp than Alex Newhook? You mean in terms of guys who are looking for jobs? Yeah, obviously McKinnon is right, being right. Nathan McKinnon. But <laughs> I was going to say, Nathan McKinnon's at the best training camp. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't had to play in any of these bullshit preseason games. <laughs> He's in no threat of getting hurt in those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he looks great, and he just doubled his salary. <laughs> like, that dude, that dude is living life right now. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, no, I mean, look, New Hooks, New Hooks had a great camp. I asked Jared Bednar today uh, – what he's thought of Alex Newhook. Obviously, it was just a couple months ago that we were getting a look at him, right? Um, and he said uh, uh, kind of the same. We just saw him. You know, we, we were just playing in the uh, in the Stanley Cup final. And so, you know, good. But he did mention he looks poised to take a step. He looks like he's ramping it up for that next level, ready to compete for those next jobs. Um and that's again going back to uh, days don't make days are nothing anymore. <laughs> Last night, two nights ago, whatever it was, we were talking about Alex Newhook. It's game Last. day and not game day. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was telling my mom the other night because I made the same joke. I was like, "Yeah, I don't know what day it is." She's like, "Oh, well, at least work's getting started back for you, so I'll bring some regularity." I was like, "Believe it or not, that'll make it ten <laughs> yeah. times worse. It's much worse during yeah. the season." It's like because. Now work weekends days aren't are a thing. Literally, like, yeah. the only day off that you can pretty much rely on is Sunday, and that's how you like can reset right, and right. be like, "Oh, I know what day it is because it's Sunday." And then after that, chaos. Right, and and then even then, like, "Oh, we're doing practice today," and it's like, "Okay," yep. immediately forgot what day it was. Um, but that's for me what you're looking for out of Alex Newhook. They were just playing two months ago. I don't expect you're going to see a huge difference in the the player day one. But look, he looks like he's filled out a little bit more size-wise, and he just looks a little bit more mature. You're going to hear about it in the in the interview. 
just he talks a little bit about that experience of going through the playoffs. And, and I think sometimes people overrate that. We talk about that a lot at the trade deadline. You'll see teams go out and get a guy because he has playoff experience. Veteraniness. Right, right. <laughs> but it was just interesting hearing from Alex, hey, yeah, that that made a difference. And some of the lessons that you learned that, yeah, you don't necessarily realize they're lessons in the moment as you kind of go through it. And, and, and I think you will see him. It, it was still frustrating to watch New Hook get healthy scratch for <laughs> Nicholas Abekubel. <laughs> hey, if he comes out a better player on the other side of it, then worth they got away with it. Job well done. Yeah, they, yeah. Didn't, they didn't lose any games like that, so it was fine. Um, but no, for me, like I am, I think we forgot he's a first-year player last year. At times, we forgot that, and and he's just a second-year player this year. He's got a ring, but he's a sophomore in the league. Uh, I think you will see him taking those steps gradually throughout the season, kind of ramping up. Um, and I think that's really all you can hope for, right? Right. Yeah. I don't want to peel behind the curtain too far, too, because I heard the interview already, so I'm sort of thinking about some of his answers, but the maturity he had in acknowledging what he went through watching some of the playoffs from the sidelines and how that impacted him as a player and how he wasn't accustomed to that from past seasons of hockey where he's had a more elevated role, I think it really motivated him coming into this season, and we've seen it in camp and in games that this is a much more natural fit for him. And I don't know if this is what he had always imagined for himself and he just needed more runway to do it. And now there's an opportunity with 2C or if he truly unlocked a new level in his game because of the motivation from sitting on the sidelines in the playoffs at points. Mm-hmm. Either way, he handled it so maturely and I really like to see that in such a young player. 100%. I do think that his mentality, the maturity that you're talking about is a thing that we've probably overlooked a yeah. little. 100%. Definitely. Because yep. when you combine... Not just that he was healthy scratch at the start of the postseason. And when he got in, you know, looked pretty good. I mean, he wasn't like a high-impact guy, obviously. Right. But he was effective in his role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, he he was okay. And that's hard for a young guy who's never done that before to try and learn how to do on the fly in a postseason run. Like, in, <laughs> you know, he's never had to ta- take a backseat on a team before. Yeah. And this is the second time this season that he had to do that because – Remember, at the start of the season, he goes down. He goes down to the AHL. And we've seen guys go down to the AHL, and they're never heard from. Yep. Yep. And instead, with Newhook, all that, all that we heard, and even when it was going on behind the scenes, yep. all we had heard about Newhook was his mentality, his approach. It was positive. It was upbeat. He took to the coaching. He, he kept his head on straight. He focused on getting better. I'm going to be the best Alex Newhook that Ooh. I can be. And he just trusted that that was going to be good enough to get him back into the NHL. And that when he got there, when he did get called back up, it wasn't like, oh, I've got to figure it out. I've no, got to work my way into moment, it. He sure, walked yeah. into the lineup and was like, oh, look, I can play at this level. And never really looked back. And so it's it's an important thing in a preseason where we've spent so much time talking about Martin Kaut. And we've spent so much time talking about like these like quad A players yeah. that Fringe have the not yeah, stuff. have yeah. not been able to break in consistently. How much would a different mindset have helped them? Hundred percent. Not to not to not to say that the mindset that right. they had was bad or wrong or whatever, but with Newhook, it almost gets taken for granted that because it, it's almost like we just think, oh well, he's just 
so much better at hockey <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. that that stuff doesn't it's, matter as much. And instead, it's a huge driving force as to why to he's here. Not only why he's as good as he is, but why he stays and why he's improving. And I think it's a great point because one of the comparisons people have made, at least on the ice, is you're seeing a little bit of that with Martin Kaut this this preseason. Yeah. You, you see a little bit of that aggressiveness and, and want to – really, really push the, it to that well, next the, level. The coaches have said, this is what we want to see from you. And he's saying, okay, bet. Okay, yeah, cool. Right. Well, well, and he goes out and he's actually doing it and not just going out and being like, oh, I didn't get advice time and right. I didn't get this. And I did. It's not about what he's not gotten. It's about what he's done with what he has been given. And I think that's where when you look at a guy like Newhook, you look at his trajectory, that's what, and, and to an extent, to, to, as an extension of this, Evan Rodriguez in Pittsburgh last year, not his fault that they had all the injury issues. Not his fault that he ended up in the top six. But what did he do with it when he was there? Right. He was one of the he was one of the big surprises of the first half of the season. Now, as they got healthier, they dropped him down the lineup. He was a little less effective from the points perspective of things, but continued from a process standpoint, continued to be a solid play driver and 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 continued the good habits that he started in the first half of the season. And it's just what you do with the opportunities is so important. And, you know, we do talk about, oh, well, you got to put him in a situation to succeed. You got to do this. You got to do that. Look, none of us, when the day Alex Newick was drafted, none of us were like, well, maybe one day he'll be a really good <laughs> left wing on the third line. Like, it's not the conversation we were having. Yeah. We were talking about, could he be a second line center? Can he get, can he be a 60 to 70 point guy behind McKinnon? And if not, can he stay at center and be a solid 40-50 guy and maybe a 3C? Like, at worst, that was our conversation. They win a Stanley Cup with him as, like, the 13th forward Mm -hmm. because Nico Sturm was hurt, not hurt. You know, like, he was, like, the 13th, 14th-ish. He was somewhere between 12 and 14 on that hierarchy (laughs) on any given day. Yeah. And they win the Stanley Cup with him as a rookie like that. He could have taken that as a slight. Are you kidding me? Right. Look at my career. Look at what I've done at every level. Or, I'm not going to do that. Instead, he took that back seat. He understood. He accepted it. He adapted as well as he could. But we knew that that's not the, that's not the role give, that, that, right. that's laid out for him. Yeah. It's hard for guys who have been <laughs> skill guys their whole lives like that to adjust to that when they aren't certain style of player. Well, and we saw that with Tyson Jost in his time in Colorado really struggled to consistently impact games in a more checking-style role. But that was kind of where he had to max out. Now, with Newhook, we're seeing they're giving him a little bit more of an opportunity. We don't know what that looks like yet. The preseason has been really encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also, in the preseason, going against the preseason lineups of other teams, too. So it's not like Alex Newhook is just like, oh, one-on-one, just the destroyer of worlds against top players, and he's the only one. He's gotten to go against some weaker lineups, but taken advantage. Right. And I think that's where when the Avs look at their development, the, their, their, their plan of development and how they do it, they can look at a guy like Newhook and say, this worked just fine for him. Right. I was going to say, he's, he's the great example of development, what the AHL is meant for. You go down yeah. there, you get the reps. And again, to make it point, like I don't want to peel back too much, but you know, talking about, we say that all the time. Oh well, let them go get a bunch of reps. You got to do something with those reps. You got to yeah. do something with those minutes. Um, and and <laughs> it is harder when you go down there and they play you. 
14 yeah. minutes a night on the, on the, on the third, third line, line. Right. with no special teams play. For sure. HL lifers. Yeah, with, with like. the Shane Ryan. Hours. Well, <laughs> like with the Ryan we'll Wagners and the Dalton Smiths and the, yeah. you know, like those types of Rob Hamilton, like those types of guys who are like the, the true like AHL contract guy, like those are tougher situations sure. to succeed in. But again, you've got to do something. And right. what we've seen with Newhook is he – it may not be like this, like meteoric. Oh my gosh, he just figured it out on day one. You know, he had a thirty-three point year last year. Right. So it's not like it's not like he was a world beater, but what we saw consistently, good production at even strength. When he got next to little better, little yeah. little more naturally skilled guys, really looked like a different player. And I think that's the hope this year. We've seen it in camp and preseason so far. Next to Evan Rodriguez. Who's the center? Who's the wing? Does it matter? <laughs> it really may not matter a lot. Yeah. Um, but it looks like those two guys are – they make a lot of sense to start. They play a similar style of game, uh, and they, they seem to have a, a chemistry from the go. You add in a third guy, whether that be Arturi Lekanen or Val Nachushkin, whatever. You add in one of those guys to that line, and all of us – you're talking about a real – like a second line. Yep. It's not the really high-end – Multiple 60-point guys and 20 goals falling <laughs> at, out. At least not on not, paper. <laughs> not yet. Right, right. But this is where you're giving a couple of guys chances to grow in a way that they never have. Those would be three guys who have never played in the top six consistently their entire careers. Now comprise your second line with, with Lekanen. Uh, if it's Lekanen, Newhook, and Rodriguez, you're talking about three guys that you're saying, we're going to give you big role. We're going to give it to you with these guys. Who are also in a bigger role, and we're just gonna see how you guys do. Well, and, and so I want to go back to the mindset thing because it's it's part of the reason why you feel, at least I do, you feel so optimistic that he is gonna continue taking steps and it's not gonna be a problem. So yeah, obviously we talk about he gets sent down at the beginning of the year, and and I go back to this first day of camp and Cout has had a great camp since, but the conversation on that first day after we talked to him on the show, we we mentioned Alex Newhook like. Wow, you know, with the way that Martin Cout was talking, it's just kind of a departure from what we saw from a guy in a similar situation last year in Alex Newhook, kind of that desperation. Um, you know, so show, shows the great mental toughness there. In the interview, he talks about how, how hard it was to stay mentally tough in the playoffs when you're not always getting in the lineup, but mm. what huge lessons it is. And then there's a little bit more that when you look at it this year, he's not being given anything. He's not saying, you know, they are not saying you are the 2C. It's your job For to sure. lose. They're saying you have to go out. You're going to regard. Yeah. yeah, you're a Stanley Cup champion. You have a ring. You were on the team last year. You scored 30 points. You have to earn every bit of this. And he seems mentally mature enough for that. To your point, all of these kids, all of these kids grew up and they were always the best player on their team. Yep. Or, you know, <laughs> it was them. They playing. played on the top power play right. unit. They were in the top six their whole lives. Like, yep. they've. Their whole life. These these adjustments that some of these guys have to make, where they're top guys, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, right, right, and and that's why you feel, <laughs> at least for me, you feel good about what Alex Newhook will bring because after what he went through last year, none of this stuff you don't feel like is going to beat him down. He's never going to get so discouraged or or feel like he's not being given an opportunity. He understands you got to battle through that, and he now has seen what the payoff is on the other side. When you buy into all that. So. Well, and a big thing, in order to grow as a professional, you have to embrace that challenge. Mm -hmm. so you have to embrace it. And he seems really comfortable saying, yeah, they've, been, they've not 
given me this. Yep. What they've done is they've given me an opportunity to prove that I deserve, that I am worthy of this job. Mm-hmm. I, and it's on me from there. I, I do want to pivot that conversation towards Martin Cout, but we are brought to you by Pins and Aces, the golf apparel source for DNVR. You can go over there to pinsandaces.com, use code DNVR to get 10% off and free shipping. They got all your clothing needs, and as well as they got golf bags, they've got beer koozies that you can put in, it's beer sleeves even, that you can put in your golf bag, so, you know bring six beers onto the course with you seven beers actually uh go get that go have a great time on the golf course p.s if you haven't gotten our golf hat yet it like sells out every time we put it on the shop so the white one yeah every time i wear it i have people wow it's a sick hat hey cool hat yep like yeah i know it it crushes i know it that's sure. why I'm wearing it, obviously. <laughs> Be sure to check that out. We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Use code DNVR when you sign up with them. Bet $5 on any NFL team to win their next game, and if they do, you get $200 in free bets. So jump on that. Go check them out. Get all the money in there. Uh, when you do parlays, you also, for every leg, boost your winnings by 100%. So bunch of opportunities to win a ton of money there i think you can still bet on mckinnon for the heart at around plus a thousand could be a good bet based on training camp that's all i'm saying so <coughs> jump on that must be 21 or older colorado only other terms restrictions and conditions apply see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details of course if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 uh i just i, I don't i'm not going to give it away i don't want to talk too much about the new hook interview but you i already l- have well <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Specifics. Uh, I'm very excited for people to hear. We asked him what was like one of his biggest surprises um, or who surprised him the most. Mm-hmm. I said that was an interesting answer because we talk so much about people don't quite appreciate <laughs> enough. Well, yeah. And, and I'm anxious for and people. around to, things every day. Yeah. I'm anxious for people to hear that answer because that'll just be a great reminder of. Ruto. Hey. On DraftKings, can you bet on Mitch Marner to win the Norris? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you cannot do that. I bet you can. We really need to get that prop. We really need to get that prop. I want I You want bet those we can't? I, I would bet you cannot. You might be able to bet on not being able to bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are our <laughs> odds on that? <laughs> a plus a billion? I don't know. Hey, thank God we couldn't. DraftKings didn't have uh, odds on the uh, over-under for our show last night because I would have taken it as a cleaner. Yeah. I would have confidently put money on the under. <laughs> On Rudo's under, like with the <laughs> yeah, line he yeah. said. I was like, yeah, smash. You've lost hard on that yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to need you to stop tapping on the table. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he, he got did mad this, about he did this, this at Farmhouse. Day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was me, though. I was the one. I know. I was, I was also oh, doing okay. that. Yeah. Uh, hey, leave leave us alone. I <laughs> leave Brittany alone. I understand you guys have that nervous energy and you got to do something with it. Just do it in a quieter you fashion. Yeah, I'll get up and start walking back and forth behind yeah. the table if you want. Uh, <laughs> he needs to. He's a pacer. I understand. Well, he's got we, the rest we, also, we, have, we have the fidgetiest group of podcasters of all time. If it's not my leg, it's your leg. Mm-hmm. If it's not our leg, it's him tapping. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Megan just perfectly no still. critiques. Still. Yeah, Megan's, yeah, yeah. Megan's just there. Just if I don't get a chance to speak, I'm going to flip this too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best way to, Look, to end the show. I, today. I like just... where this conversation is headed because there is a separation in how each player I just reacts <laughs> to being sent down to the AHL that we've been dancing around. That is important. I think we're going to talk about yeah. it with Martin Kaut, and I kind of wanted to use Sampo Ranta as a comparison too. 
But the way that Newhook responded in being sent to the AHL was to cause such a ruckus that they he forced their hand and they had no other choice. Yeah. He was above a point per game and just absolutely lit up the AHL. And it's hard to point to any other prospect that has had that recent experience, Sam Baranta included, who has had that kind of response when they get back into AHL games. And that's kind of Martin Kaut's problem, too, is I know he got injured in that Columbus game when he was up with the F, sent back down, healed, then returned immediately to the AHL. I think that harmed his confidence. And I think he entered those AHL games in return, hoping that he would have been back up with the big club. And it kind of showed because he was doing some things skill-wise that were really impressive. However, there were some details and some effort at the ends of shifts that he wasn't completing assignments and it was harming his game. And I think the organization saw that, looked at it closely, looked at how Newhook responded, yeah. saw both of these things, saw the difference, and it harmed Kout in that moment. And his response now in camp, it's, it's why it's important to talk about how it differentiates from that response at the beginning <laughs> of last year. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to ask about it specifically is on the show last night, the three of us talked about it. If you look at preseason, it feels like Martin Cout is probably that 12th guy. And obviously, there's more conversation there with Ben Meyer's I, pedigree and all of that. I would like to say, it struck me as really interesting with the round of cuts today. Yeah. Not on that list. Shane, Shane Bowers. Bowers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I genuinely thought that was coming. Shane Bowers, because you and I had talked about it last night uh, in very violent terms, per usual. I but didn't <laughs> even tell you. I monologued in my apartment that whole morning <laughs> about this thing. It wasn't Shane Bowers specific. I was just so frustrated about the usage like of prospects. To, I was going to say. This? Like. And I was just thinking, like, <laughs> Lucas Sedlock and Anton Bleed, are you kidding me right now? They are getting such an extended look like this is exposure that I'd really well, like to see for some of these other players. Learned a can lot about get, Megan in the last four minutes. Can we, can we get like a three-minute Megan's yeah, monologue Monday or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> angry. Where you just like stomp around your apartment? Yeah, I just would love to know what my neighbors style. think because there's never a response. It's just me talking. <laughs> I, I find that so funny. I love that. So much. I'm, I'm just picturing you talking at full volume, too. Not like, because everyone like whispers to themselves, no. like walking around, like, where is my bullet? This is like full throated. <laughs> so, like, funny, like, uncomfortable parallel, but I finished watching the Dahmer series last night. Jesus. And a big, well, and a big part of that series, <laughs> just, the whole, yeah, just follow say. me. A big part of that series was the behavior of the neighbor and their perspective on things. And it just makes me wonder, like, what. What are you, are like? How uncomfortable are your? Is is this why you reliably move every three months? <laughs> it's because my you gotta, backgrounds are always different. You yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah. You gotta keep you gotta keep a different set of neighbors on edge, and once they start to get a, once they're onto you, you gotta move again. She she's actually just got like three different properties in the metro area, undisclosed <laughs> locations. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I met Megan's my flop houses. House. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She's got a couple burner phones. <laughs> burner phones. <laughs> That's the thing. We all so we all have a different number for her. We just yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. We no just one knows don't it. know it. We're like, why do these group chats not work? I never have <laughs> Megan's number saved. <laughs> we all are just like, oh, we'll just text Megan real quick, and it's all good. It works. It goes through. Yeah. But she just has a different burner phone. It's very smart. Megan's sitting in her apartment with three phones in front of her, ranting about Shane Bowers. Yeah. Okay. It's so. not just which, Bowers. Which one? <laughs> which? Where's the where's the where's the Joe Sack and Chris McFarland burner phone so that you can Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'm, can rant to the appropriate <laughs> party next time. I think Joe would listen. 
Yeah. He's a really nice guy. Super nice. Uh, Well, I mean, so let's get into this conversation because, Megan, I do want to get your thoughts on Cal's opportunity to make the team this year and then where Shane Bowers falls into that hierarchy right now. You said something that made me want to go down a tangent road. Someone asked me, like, what are, is it realistic for Cal to make the team? And I think it is realistic, but is it likely? No. And it's just how I've seen opportunity happen before. I see Ben Myers sticking, even though I've been a little underwhelmed with Myers. I'm still really high on him personally, too. Like, that isn't meant to be a harsh critique of Myers. I just think he hasn't acclimated as well as I thought he would based on what I saw at the end of last season. You can believe that a guy is still going to be fine and understand that his preseason has has, has not been up to snuff. What you just said was actually part of the reason why there were three cuts this morning that I was surprised by. Uh, Jonas Johansson, Brad Hunt, and uh, Charles Udon for the reason you just named. Not because I thought their camps were particularly great. I just thought they wouldn't be able to help themselves but to (laughs) put the NHL experience guys in the lineup. Uh, You know, 13th forward, whatever. Who do you think is still hanging around? Because Lucas Sedlak yeah. and Anton Bleed well, well, no, I know. are still sitting there waiting to crush Martin Kaut's last chance. And, 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 and again, those were just like three of the names that I had put kind of in that yeah. grouping. So I was like, huh. I, wow. yeah. Jason Magnus still I, hanging I around. Agree with, I agree with you on Houdon. I think that one was a little bit surprising. I was surprised by Houdon, too, because Bednar liked him. Again, well, not, not based on anything that I thought. I just – I was like, I – they. They won't be able to help themselves I, but to put Brad Hunt in. I, as the they won't be able to help defensive. themselves when Anton Bleed is the 12 forward that's on opening the, night. That's the one I'm afraid that's of. That's because yeah. Sedlak, I think that you could make an argument for. Uh, all these other guys, I, I would feel like, oh, I could see what they're seeing. But I think they're going to look at 80 games in Boston or whatever it was and be like, let's just he'll play be, him. Yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> trust. <laughs> They win a Stanley Cup and still no trust. Yep. Well, and, and that I, I honestly just have. I've gotten to the point. Uh, I was talking to, uh, I think it was Rachel, um, Rich Linsky, Rachel Toss now, uh, about, like, I, I am at the point where they make some of these moves like this where I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust that you, like, at this point you know more than me by a lot, but, but also wow, this doesn't been, make sense to me. We've been down this road Fifteen times right, before, right, 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 and it's no one's ever happy with it at the bottom of the lineup. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah nobody ever likes the bottom of the lineup decisions. Nobody's Megan, ever is like, like. How, so yeah, how does it call. happen, Megan? How how does Martin Kaut get the job? You look actually pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not sure what happened. I'm over here thinking about the monologue. The look on your face is genuinely upset. I don't know how it happens. <laughs> Is the path realistic? Something glad I'm over here. He goes down to the AHL and he pulls an Alex Newbrook. He dominates at the AHL level. It's feasible, but I think he has a different mentality. I think he's a reactive player, and it's not necessarily a bad thing because he'll play with passion and he'll respond positively like we saw from day one in camp through now. But I think that'll be really detrimental to his confidence in a bad way. And he... It'll be fine when he's in Arizona for playing for the Coyotes. Yeah. I've texted about, like, I actually, this sounds mean, but it means well that a tank for Bedard sweepstakes team would be such a good fit for him. Yeah. Yes. yes. I told yeah. Jillian, like, after day one, actually, that's what inspired this conversation. I think that's the best fit because he is someone that needs a little more runway. 
And I think that would benefit his game stylistically to have a little more visibility. Time on ice. Exactly. He needs more than eight minutes. And every player is different. You want to see a player overcome that, right? Like you want to see him make the most of an eight-minute opportunity if that's what he's given in an NHL lineup. Chicago's just licking their chops. Mm -hmm. Send him down. Cole Gottman had a preseason goal. Let's go (laughs) Nears. I got a DM about that from somebody who was like – and I was like, okay, it's a preseason it's goal. It's one of my burners. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the first and last thing I will care about Chicago doing this season. Uh, my prediction I, for uh, No, not at all. They're going to claim Martin Count, and then when they trade Patrick Kane to Minnesota, we're all going to be mad. They can still get eliminated in the first round after that. It's fine. Uh, my official prediction for Martin yeah, Count is a lot more upsetting than that one. I think he's actually going to make the team and then get sent down after, like, three or four games just as the team gets healthy, and then that'll be it. Well, it, and if that happens, I don't think he does. Ultra sad, but you don't think he makes it at all? Nope. I think I think they're not going to be able yeah, to resist I, the temptation my, of Sedlak or Bleed. Well, and, and, I agree. And, and or both. So, so here is the other thing too that I, I, I especially Sedlak. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here a little bit. We're like at a certain point. It's just like, yeah, that's probably the right call. If he didn't do enough to like separate. In their eyes, then it's like, I mean, yeah, okay, then what are you really that upset the, about, the right? The dude who separated here was bleed was the worst by a, a I, No, and, and I agree with you. I agree <laughs> well, with you. This, Again, is, I, this I, is like... I'm more talking about from the Martin Cowd angle. I know, I know the, what you're saying, yeah. but... It's, it's frustrating, though, because you will see a guy, like, have a much better preseason. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why have the preseason... Yeah, if it's not going to matter and you're just going to be like, but that guy has 160 just, games played. Just play the last two games where all the starters play and start the season. Like, what else are we doing here? Now, like, do why bother scheduling them? Why bother having this camp? Why bother Why bother with any of that at that point where you're just – you just continue to do this – make the same choice. So, Do um, you think Anyway, they haven't even made that choice, so I'm not going to get mad about it until <laughs> it happens. But, like, here's yeah, super. Here, cr- I have full faith that it's going to be – one of Sedlak, Bleed, or both that, that, that it ends up being at the end here. because Con- Conspiracy theory here. Do you guys think there's any way that they send him down to see if you get the response I'd, out of him that you want? Like, I think with the, with the threat of waivers. Th- yes, I'm sorry. Com- that, disregard my question. It's a stupid question. I, always, you know, I keep forgetting that because that, that, you are correct. Well, because that's where I, I wonder if the math changes for them. Yes. Yeah. Where they would say, we're pretty confident we can get that, Anton Bleed through waivers. Yeah. Martin Kaut, for whatever you feel about Kaut, keep in mind this is the same team that saved his ELC after he played nine games. It's Mm -hmm. not like they're totally over the guy. Right. It's true. And the conversations that I've had around the organization have have led me to believe, one, he very much has a chance to make this team, uh, regardless of my level of faith on it. (laughs) That's where, that's where. uh, Two, if he doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Right. Uh, right. Like it's it's really not like if he gets claimed and he goes on to be successful successful elsewhere, that relationship has ended, and it's pretty easy to say the abs failed that situation. So, uh, very quickly here, Shane Bowers, any any significant feelings there? I'm just happy that horse. he might get another game. I I had him written off honestly after he didn't play last night. That that just didn't bode well for him, and I wanted to see him get at least one more preseason game. You know, it's one of those situations where him not playing. And Bednar said that he yeah, likely will. If, if him not playing yeah. is either really bad or really good. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel really good. This, <laughs> I think this is setting up. I think Bednar wants to see him with the NHL. Yes, yeah. I agree. And say, thank you. Okay, 
if we see him next Monday in Dallas, next Monday, did I do this again? Is that game no, on Monday? I, no, it's Monday and Wednesday. Yeah, there's no right. way to It's Monday know. and Wednesday. That, yeah. Well, we won't. We might not um, be able to see anything right. from that game. But <laughs> I think I think he's setting it up when he was when Bowers was not on the cut list today. I went, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Because to me that was look, Cout has deserved to stay and play and practice and continue whatever. But for me, I think he wants. I think Bowers not going down. I, I would not – I'll just say I, it would not make sense to me to keep Bowers to cut him on, like, Sunday. That would just be toxic. We did find out today that the Avs have a couple of injuries, guys who are nursing some things, yep. Cogliano and McDermott. And so I do wonder, for the preseason anyway, yep. is that the spot – is Cogliano – Look, if, if Cogliano was totally healthy, was would Bowers be on that list today? I mean, if, if Cogliano wants to miss the first 20 games of the season, I think everybody wins. Yeah. If Cogliano I, wants to miss the first 82 games yeah, of the right. season, I don't like that. I know. First 70, all right? Let's get him, let's get him <laughs> yeah, in the game. And, and, that's, and that's not a knock on Cogliano. I'm more of just saying, like, that's how valuable he was in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's all you're looking if you, for. If like, you, if you break talk. your hand in game 77, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be so mad. Right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, so, so the couple of injuries, and then I do just want to make sure we circle back around to Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, I know we're getting pressed yeah. on time Shoot. here. Um, but just uh, Jared Bednar did confirm today, uh, confirmed AJ's speculation last night. And I, I want to give you double credit because at that point it was purely speculation. Like we hadn't even had the chance to talk to anybody, and you just nailed it based on context clues. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk been did, around the team for a little while. Yeah. Did uh, <laughs> did suffer an injury, uh, and that Jared Bednar said today it, it's going to cause him to miss miss significant uh, time. And he basically said, "Hey, look, we have a roster we're trying to put together. Uh, we didn't have time have to wait to see yep. if if he get back." Sucks. He did. He did say we may circle back around when he's healthy because he immediately then went into talking about he really liked. Yeah. He didn't say really, but he he his he enthusiasm. Liked his uh, suggests he really liked his game. He specifically called out that he liked the details in his defensive game, which were a big, he said, knock coming in, and we liked it. Yep, got the injury, and that's about it. You feel for Alex Galchenyuk because you were making the point uh, right before we went live. That literally could shows how brutal this business is. That could be the difference in your career continuing or even reviving, and that career may be done depending on how significant that injury is. Yep. Because now a team, a team may he, he may not have clear medicals. You're right. you're not talking about oh he doesn't like the back check. You're like, oh he doesn't like the back check, and he now only has one arm. <laughs> you know, right, like right, right. like you don't because we don't know what the injury is. Yeah, but no, it's it sure sounded pretty. It did not sound like oh like he twisted his ankle. Like it sounded like he had his ankle removed or something. Yeah, like yeah. he he got it was pretty dark like mm-hmm. the way that he talked about it. So yeah. it sounds like a serious injury. Mm-hmm. It's it is and a bummer. That sucks, dude. It sucks. It sucks a lot because really, we I think all four of us had commented that again within the context of what we had seen, and we were like, yeah, yeah I, like he's like, job. Yeah, 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 like him so far. Yeah, especially absolutely. with these injuries, uh, it sounds like the coaching staff was liking him, and, and I just I love the fact that he first and foremost called out the defensive part of his game. Um, man, that's that's disappointing because. Yeah. How much of this conversation changes, you know, if you're talking about, wow, Galchenyuk has really come in here and surprised. You're not talking about who are these tweeners. It's no, can you, can you do it again? Can you revitalize another career? Yeah. And it's all exciting. And now, 
it and, sucks to lose that. Right. Um, you hope for the pl- I, I hope for Alex Galchenyuk, the person and the player that the Avs do circle back around and maybe take another PTO look next year, uh, next year, or even in season this year. Doesn't cost you anything to have him come out and skate. Yeah, I have a really hard time seeing it happening. I fully agree. Um, this year, <laughs> just because yeah. Yeah. once you get into the rhythm of it, and once you get you know once you get going, right. and and depending on how long it is, like we've talked right. about, the second half of the season is not for tinkering. Nope, it's for tightening the screws. Okay, this is what we want. Now, at the end of last year, the Avs were full on tinkering, but mm-hmm. they had a bunch of new guys. They had a bunch of injuries. Well, and they were also thirty-five and points ahead of the pack. Had, <laughs> they had clinched with a month left to play, so <laughs> they were in a situation where they were free to fuck around. They completely free. They were in a situation to try Mitch Marner on defense. Not not <laughs> yeah. not an organization yeah. that has like ten jobs at stake this yeah. year. Megan, did you want to add anything? I, guess I wanted to point out AJ's point about Bowers and Cogs because the same practice that Galchenyuk missed, Cogs left early. He looked like he took a puck to the face, something like that, and I think that influenced him not being in the lineup last night and not being cut. He's out there doing PK work with special teams with bleed as well, and I think they're trying to get him some looks defensively, which is just an area that he needs to work on generally, but also with the Cogliano injury in mind, that's probably why Shane Bowers is still around. And if that gives him a look with the NHL guys next Monday I'm in Dallas. here for it. If that gives him that look and Shane Bowers has a good game in the dead, he's my oh. dark horse for this reason, because center wing versatility, speed, and the maturity of Shane Bowers. He's very well-rounded. The maturity of Shane Bowers, the human being, the approach that he has, if he can just put it on the ice, what we know to, to be true of Shane Bowers in his game, he is tailor-made. And we have been making this point for four years. He is tailor-made for Jared Bednar to just love him. Bednar's really liked his camp. Yeah. Uh, as he mentioned today, he's seen it in games yep. more than in the past. Yep. Did he just break his hand? I thought he, thought he might have. Anyways. Um, anyway, yeah. hope not. <laughs> I'm like, oh, anyways, he's out there, like, writhing around. Please help somebody. Heart Breckenridge Brewery. Helping on that hand. <laughs> uh, go get yourself some beer from Breck Brew. They're amazing. Go if you want to numb the pain. Yeah. <laughs> Breckbrew.com for more details on them. You can use their Breck Brew beer finder on there. Check out the Hoot Nanny, October 8th and 9th. All that good stuff. Check them out. Uh, also, Green Mountain Dental Group. You need to take care of your teeth. Uh, they'll do a better job than making you feel like you just broke your hand in o- your mouth. October 19th, <laughs> I finally I finally caved. I, <laughs> I had to cancel a couple during the playoffs, and I put it off for, I don't know, two additional months. But Classic. I did. Love well, that you waited until the season got going again. <laughs> you got all summer to take care of it. Because this is, like, classic, like, I've got all summer. I just no had this conversation you. with Danielle, with uh, Danielle in the locker room. Just had that conversation. Yeah. Got all summer. Check Wait till it's over. Green Mountain Dental Group to get yourself scheduled, even if you've been putting it off. They'll take great care of you. Get a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them. No and judgment. you get a free Sonicare toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth. Uh, and, yeah, so at, at this point, we're going to go. We also – we uh, Hassle Cattle is back. Hassle Cattle is back as one of our partners. And uh, I was uh, – yeah. We have them at the tailgate. Yeah, I, uh, I ordered some of their just, you know, online last year. And it's just as good when you get it, like, you know, frozen, oh, delivered yeah. oh, as when yeah. you get it to the store. So, yeah, happy to have Hassle Cattle back. Yeah, their, uh, their burgers are ridiculous. Nighthawk is going to be so excited. Yeah, she's, she's pumped. I, I still have you guys seen any bread recently? <laughs> I haven't got any bread <laughs> <Yeah>. recently. So, 
I'm not uh, too interested in what Nighthawk's up to unless it's bread-related. Is it payday? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're going to bring you guys the Alex Newhook interview we did, so flip over to that and hope you all enjoy it. You won't hear from us again on the show because that's pre-recorded. So and we'll see you later. Megan volunteered to jump off. So yeah. before you guys bully us, she volunteered to jump off because we only had four mics. Before you guys I started bully crying. Us. I said, why won't you let me talk to you? <laughs> and they said, no. And then, and then if you can believe it, Allie was like, look, Megan, I only brought four mics. Get the F out of here, all right? <laughs> Unbelievable. We thought Allie would be in such a good mood on her birthday, and she just came in and told Megan it to take turns, a hike. It so. turns out. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it turns out. It turns out Allie is actually the creator of the He-Man Woman Haters Club. And <laughs> told Megan that she got to get to step in. <laughs> All right, play play the interview. Awesome. Well, very exciting day here on the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Uh, very special guest, Avalanche forward Alex Newhook, uh, joining us here today. We're at Family Sports. Practice just wrapped up. I guess it's practice now, right? We're not really training camp. Um, Alex, first of all, thank you very much for taking a little bit of time out here to chat with us. Um, you've been asked probably 100 times in the last two weeks, but obligatory. How was the summer? <laughs> yeah, summer was great. Um, you know, short, but wouldn't want to have it any other way. Um, you know, a lot of celebrating. Got enough time to relax and then back here just in time to get going again. Yeah. Uh, we saw the cup parties. You guys had some folks, uh, you guys had some gatherings here together uh, once you guys all got back in town with the cup. Was it Was it Waka Flocka that was with you guys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the beginning of the summer, yeah. Our yeah. first week with the cup, I think you showed up at one of our parties. That's crazy. How? What? What? what I mean, were you guys just kind of running into that stuff all, all summer? Yeah, it seemed like it. Um, you know, obviously you carry some attention there when you win the Stanley Cup and <laughs> everyone kind of wants a piece of it. And um, it's cool. You get to do some pretty cool functions and meet some pretty cool people. And um, we definitely have enjoyed our summer so far. And, um, you know, the ring ceremony coming up is going to be really fun. And yeah. um, trying to make the most of it until we have to give it back and, and chase it again. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, we, we are coming up on that. We'll move on from the Cup stuff, but we did have to ask you, because once we saw the Waka Flaga stuff, Logan had, uh, like, Russ... Uh, you yeah. know, at a, at a dinner or whatever. If you could handpick one celebrity to have be part of your cup celebration, who would it be? Ooh, that's a great one. <laughs> Tough uh, question. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah. Ah, uh, jeez. I'm gonna stick with the with the music theme here. Yeah. What, did he say Russ is in the singer or the basketball player? No, no, no. no. Uh, oh, I guess Russell Wilson, the football player. There we D go. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess a lot should, of Russes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stay on the music train, though. Um, I would have J. Cole at my party. I'm okay. a big fan. Yep. And maybe play a few tunes and be cool. I think it's a fair trade-off. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, move on from the Cubs stuff. Uh, this is your, what, second or third training camp now? Yeah, it's my second. Second training, camp. Yeah. What's just kind of been the difference for you this year? For you individually, obviously, things are run a little bit different this year with the shorter summer. How have you felt differently in terms of, you know, your role here and just kind of being that kind of veteran leader to some of the younger kids? Yeah, it's a lot different than last year. Obviously, coming in blind, not really knowing what to expect at a training camp. Um, you know, before I did a couple of rookie camps, but mm -hmm. um, it's never to the same intensity as, as an NHL full training camp when you're around guys like this. That you know, you come in and it's intense right from the get-go. And um, I think knowing what it was like last year, now coming in this year and having a bit of familiarity with it. Um, I feel more confident um, just knowing what's ahead and, and um, like you said, some different roles being up for grabs, um, you know, a bit more for me to play for. Not a bit more. Obviously, last year I was playing to make the team, but, right. um, you know, it's a different circumstance and I know that th there's more being asked of me this year and, um, you know, I'm trying to do what I can to be ready for that and, and try and earn a spot like that. Yeah. How much, how much of a, a positive lesson was it for you last year that, 
you know, out of camp, you did make the team, but then you got sent to the AHL, and then you know you're only there for a couple of weeks before you came back up and you've stayed here. How much of that was a, a, a good building block learning lesson for you? Yeah, I think it was huge, and um, you know, I think a lot of players, myself included, when it first happened, I wasn't very happy about it. Obviously, I was, you know, kind of upset and, and disappointed in myself that I didn't do enough to stick around early in the season. And um, you know, obviously, my goal was to stick on the team, but. Um, looking back at it, I think I, I learned more in those two weeks down at the AHL than you know I might have learned my whole career. And um, you know to go down and, and get some coaching, play a lot, um, you know know what they expected of me when I came back up, and know what I had to work on. Um, I think really just trying to focus on those things that I was told and and go down and get some confidence back before coming back up. I think it was it was great for me, and and uh, you know I'm happy with the way things worked out. And how much how much did that help you in this year's camp, where you know you you. You know that, hey, you're going to be part of the team, but if, if you don't meet expectations, there is always the alternative. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, especially last year, you know, beginning of the season, obviously being sent down, but um, then at the end of the season, um, you know, being out of the lineup to start playoffs and everything like that. Um, you know, I think it was a big lesson for me all year last year. It was kind of uh, really don't take any moment for granted. Um, there's always a guy that's trying to, you know, outwork you and, and take your spot. And, um, you know, for me, that was that was a big thing coming in this, this year was just um, making sure I, you know, make the most of every opportunity that's given to me. Um, you never know what can happen and, and um, you got to earn your spot. So it's kind of my mindset. It's so interesting to hear that because obviously like in the media, we, we talk about that like, oh, you know, it'll be good for him to get his head right and, and play the, you know, play more reps and stuff like that. But it is so interesting to hear that, yeah, that is kind of the process that, that you have to go through in order to, to get back. Um, obviously, uh, Evan Rodriguez comes in late in the summer. And just from talking to Jared this last week, it does sound like it's kind of you and him and what they're looking at for that second line center role or just to play a little bit of an elevated role. Do you look at it as at all as competition or are you guys just trying to focus on yourselves, be the best person that you can be and let the chips fall where they may? Yeah, I think there's I think there's a bit of competition there. You know, obviously everyone wants to have an elevated role and everyone wants to play a lot or whatever, be a big part of the team. But um, you know, I haven't really I've kind of I've been playing with Erod, um, you know, ever since I've got here really. Yeah. And uh so it's been nice to play with him. Obviously a really skilled player. Um, you know, who knows what, what the coaches see in the lineup there. But um yeah, both of us I think are just trying to do what we can here. Um, you know, be as effective as we can and, and um, you know, let the coaches kinda of take care of the rest of it. You've spent most of your time in the NHL so far playing roughly third line. Obviously, the 2C job is the one up for grabs here. How much of a difference is there really between the bottom six and the top six in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a pretty big difference. Um, you know, on a team that's, that's very skill-based, um, you know, every line plays with skill and, and pace. Um, but, when, you know, when you get the opportunity to play a little bit more and, you know, play with some higher-end skill players um, that are always looking to make plays, you know, kind of everyone on the ice, um, as opposed to playing more so of a checking role sometimes on that third line, um, it's exciting, um, you know, and, and just getting those those more touches, you know, some more offensive zone looks, um, you know, it's it's a bit of a difference for sure. What, what was the – I guess I don't know if it's a surprise, but – you know, obviously your whole career, your whole life, you've played really high-level hockey, uh, you know, major junior, college, all that stuff. I guess not major junior, but college, uh, AHL. How surprising was it to get to the NHL and actually see the difference in the speed? And, and can you even really describe it unless you've, like, lived it? Yeah, yeah. Um, not really. I mean, it's it's a whole different beast. And you got, you know, the best players in the world are out here. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously college is fast-paced. The AHL is fast-paced. But – 
Um, when you get up here, I think, you know, the, the biggest thing that I noticed was just, uh, you know, level that everyone thinks at. And it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's that much faster because everyone's thinking the game that much better and that much that much quicker. So um, you got to get adjusted to that pretty quickly. But at the same time, you're playing with better players as well. So yeah. it kind of makes it a little bit easier on you. Even though it's faster and you got to keep up, it's still um, guys are helping you out a bit. Can you think of any player that surprised you with how good they were once you either played with them up close or saw them play up close that maybe they surprised you? Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just gonna say Nate. I feel like that's the yeah. obvious one, but um, you know, I you know, as a guy that I like to think of skating is a big part of my game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I always watched Nate growing up and just how effective of a skater he was and how powerful he is. And you know, I think some of my explosiveness is a big part of it too. And being able to just watch him up close, I was wowed by actually how explosive he was. And yeah. um, realizing that there's another level of explosiveness that you know I can get to that anyone can get to, and yeah. um, it's fun to watch him like that. Just, just kind of building off that. Is that what is it? What is it like to be part of a team that plays so fast? I mean, you have, you have McKinnon, but then oh, like Kale McCarr is just back there, <laughs> yeah. and you know, Bo and Byram, Sam Gerard, like great skaters, just all throughout your lineup. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, and it's a style of play that you know I've I've loved to play. Um, all through and um you know always trying to bring that pace and and you know push the pace all the time uh, it's fun when you have guys around you that are trying to do the same thing all the time and it's a big emphasis for our team too is just playing with speed and um i think coming into a team like that where um, it's been a big part of my game and be able to step into it it's been a lot of fun i i want to focus on the word fun for a sec because <laughs> it's you know when you talk about professional sports it's like the bottom line is winning and losing you know and but it, it really does seem like uh, over the last couple of years, especially uh, as the Avs have gotten, uh, have, have really ascended, it, it seems like fun has become a big part of it. You know, you guys like to play together. It's fun the way that you play, the, the speed and the pace and all that. Like there, there are teams out there that, you know, that they try and win 2-1 and it's effective but it looks miserable, <laughs> and it never seems to be the case with you guys. You guys look like you're genuinely just enjoying it. And how much, how much of an impact does that have when you're talking about this being your job? That you you just have fun at work every day. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's a, it's a crazy job. Like, like you're saying, you know, <laughs> we're going to work to have fun, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think, you know, a lot of it starts in the room, obviously you gotta have a good room and, and when you show up to the rink and, and you enjoy being around each other, it's a huge part of it. Um, um, like you said, showing up every day, it's just nice when you have that kind of group, but, um, yeah, our, our style of play is, is, uh, is very skilled and fast. And, you know, there's a few teams in the league that have the same character guys or same personnel that we do that can play that type of style all through our lineup. Um, and it does, it makes it fun. You know, we're always trying to play offense. We're always trying to make plays. Um, and that kind of hockey is fun. It's fun to watch and it's fun to play as well. Yep. Uh, and I hate to go back to the playoffs cause I know we're so much about looking, you know, looking forward, but, uh, I believe it was after game three of the cup final, Nate was talking to us after, and, and he said, look, that was a tough game, but we are trying to remember that this is fun. This is an exciting experience. We're, we're getting to play for a, a trophy that every player dreams of. Looking back on it now, going through that experience, again, that's something we hear a lot. Oh, you have to know how to go through it. This is a team that knows how to win. What was that just whole cup experience, the, the run like for you? And then how much of a difference do you think it has made in the way that you guys kind of view the season, your team, yourselves as players? 
Yeah, um, I think a huge learning lesson for everybody. You know, obviously for our whole team, like you were saying, teams that know how to win. You know, once once you experience it once, it it goes a long way with with teams moving forward. You see with yeah. teams that you know win a cup, they go on to win another one, or, or maybe not back to back, but um, in the few years coming after. Right after, and, yeah. Um, it's it's big for that. I th- and I think everyone individually learns a lot. You know, about themselves, about you know the role that they need to take on, um, about what it takes to win. Um, you know, myself personally, I went through a big, big learning curve there when, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't playing in the first round, um, you know, never really have been a part of a team where I'm not playing, but I'm right. healthy and, yeah. um, you know, just wanting to be a part of it so bad. And, um, you know, I just remember, um, going through my head of, you know, whenever that time comes, um, and everyone was telling me it's going to come. Um, but it's hard hearing that in every <laughs> game you're watching, <laughs> you know, yeah. you keep winning, obviously it's great, but, yeah. um, you know, just, just tried to make sure that whenever that time came, I was ready and, um, you know, a lesson like that, uh, obviously there was so many of them during the playoffs, um, you know, looking at guys, how we need to win, how we need to play and, and be consistent every shift. But, um, yeah, just being ready to go whenever, you know, you're called upon, I think was, yeah. was a big thing that I took personally from it. And that's, I just feel like that's so huge, especially just so early in, in, in the career and stuff like that. Sorry, Rudo, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, knowing you likely do have a little bit more of that opportunity this year, are there any specific goals you have for yourself this season? I don't have anything really set out. You know, I kind of just came in. I feel bad. I, I literally asked him that question like a week ago. Well, when you asked me, I actually hadn't really thought about it too much. You know, my, my mindset kind of coming into camp was um, to just try and, you know, earn a spot and, and earn a role here. Um, you know, obviously everyone knows what's what's up for grab and what's what's open, but my mind hasn't really drifted from that. You know, I came in trying to, to earn a spot and, um, you know, kind of we'll go from there once uh, once the season starts. And then do have a fun question for you. Everyone we have on the show has to give their bad food take. A couple examples. I like mayo on burritos. We had someone who puts mustard on pizza. So some some kind of food you like to eat that's gross, basically. Yeah. Is there is there like a concoction somewhere that other people would be like, I'm good. That's a you thing. Wow, that's a good question. It's like, if we have kale on, we don't need to ask. Like, we, the mayo chicken, like, yeah. that's well documented <laughs> enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I just kind of immediately went to, like, mayo again. But yeah. I'm yeah. going to go mayo and french fries. I don't know if that's Ooh. weird. It's a really Canadian answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really Canadian like, answer. Like, I don't do it all the time, but when I do, I'm always, like, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm very anti-mayo, so, yeah, that okay. that counts for me. Yeah, right. for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might, you might have just become my wife's favorite player. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, cool, Alex. Well, yeah, like I said, we're not going to keep you too long, so we really appreciate you taking some time course, to yeah. uh, to sit down with us. And uh, good luck this season. Obviously, we we we, uh, we enjoy watching you. We talk about you a lot. We always have listeners that are uh, always asking for more about you. So really, really appreciate you jumping on with us. Cool. Man. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for having awesome. me. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.